Hey y'all, it's Danielle, and welcome back to episode 12 of Ain't No Free Lunch. Tykeen and I talk Hillary Clinton and what she has to do with a certain set of biblical principles, the Movement for Black Lives platform release, how politicians are distancing themselves from Donald Trump, and of course, we've caught the Rio Olympics fever. Follow us on Twitter at Ain't No Free Lunch and get our followers up, y'all. And also spread the word to all of your friends about your new favorite podcast. All right, let's eat. So, what's up? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Don't try to be nice now. I can be nice. That's not who you are. I am one of the nicest people you know. I just, I don't know. I'm nice. So, everyone, we're back. It's episode 12. And by we, I'm Danielle. Y'all know who I am. I'm cool. Oh, my gosh. They don't. Maybe they don't. Maybe this is their first episode listening. Welcome. My name is Tykeen Cooper, better known as Coop. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so, a lot has been transpiring over the past week or so. And, uh, you know, I want to kind of jump right in. Let's do it. I-, I was listening to the radio the other day, and two things came up. So, I want to bring up one thing and, like, Maybe we can have an you episode on. You can't say I'm not going to bring up one thing and then just no, like. No, no, I'm going to bring up both of them. But oh, I want, okay. I, one, I just want to like just throw out there. Maybe we can have a conversation about it in the future. Oh, okay. Like maybe an entire episode. But there was this man on, he had a radio show somewhere in the South. He was relatively young, but he was saying that it was against biblical principles to vote for Mrs. Clinton for president. Biblical principles? Like, yes. is he talking like abortion, same-sex marriage? No, he's. A man's supposed to be the head of the house, and so we can't have a woman the head of the White House. And he, what? Yeah, he proceeded to say, "No, he didn't." <laughs> yes, this he is did. foolish. <laughs> and then he proceeded to say that um, maybe, maybe she's potentially, possibly gay. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, you can be <laughs> lesbian and be very effeminate. Yeah, well, that was his problem, and so the thing. Who is this person? I forgot his name. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have to look this up. Uh, But the really funny thing to me about, like, the sad and the funny thing, you know, he kind of went back to nineteen sixteen. Nineteen sixteen. Before the entire suffrage movement. Okay. And he said, "Yeah, you know, like men were the only people that could vote, but wasn't that women weren't allowed to vote?" Huh. He said that they sat down and had a family conversation. He's playing games. <laughs> he like, said, <laughs> he's not a real person. He said that they had a family conversation and they decided that one vote per household. Okay. No, that's not. Why do we need an, an, an entirely different amendment then? Questions that need answers. Who I really have to find out who this person is because it's going to drive me crazy because I feel like you're making it entirely up. I wish I was. (laughs) I wish I was. But also, the Movement for Black Lives released a platform on August 1st. I did see that. I had a number of people actually text that to my phone and ask me what I thought about it. So what do you think about it? Reading through it, I was glad that there were propositions that were made. 
So for those of you, w- were who, there really propositions that were made, or were they just kind of like vague do ideas? You, do you want to tell us your opinion then? Because it sounds like you, that's what you want to do. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> so. For those of you who don't know, the the movement for Black Lives, they released a platform that has a series of things that they are demands that they want. So they need they're calling for an end on the war on black people, reparations, economic justice, political power, XYZ. So within this platform that they've released, they've basically given like this history. I felt like some parts of it were history lessons where they were like, this is the issue that we have. This is how it's been perpetuated through time. These are our demands. Me personally, I was happy that something organized was released, period, because I feel like a lot of people are always saying that Black Lives Matter is completely unorganized. There's no sense of what they actually want. There are too many people trying to do too many different things and too many different chapters all over the nation. So it was really nice to see something that was cohesive, that was publicly released. Okay. Now, I did take issue with the fact that within their solution so they have demands and then they offer a solution but they're so vague oh oh there's that v word yes so i know you just finished saying vague but it is and i feel like i took a little bit of issue because i felt like sometimes it was like suggestive language when you're issuing demands so basically you're saying the people that are against respectability politics were respectable yeah i don't know it was really interesting and i didn't really know how to think about that dynamic it was like there was an instance where they would say like this is our target branch of government. So legislative, executive. right? Legislative, executive. They couldn't really target the judicial branch because that's supposed to be separate. But they said, for one instance, like our target is the executive branch. And then they said the president could. I don't know. I just feel like ugh, when you're releasing demands, you need to be releasing demands, not suggestions. Two, let's talk real. They need teams of of people writing the bills that they propose. So there are so many instances within their platform where when they go to the solution portion of it, they're just like, a bill could be introduced that involved X, Y, and Z. And uh, I don't know. It's like, write the bill. <laughs> Which what I felt write, like write the bill and have someone introduce it. Right, right. You know, write the bill, and I feel like a lot of people are saying, you know, maybe that's not their responsibility. But if that is their demand, already our legislators aren't doing this. So you're just putting extra work on top of what they already have to do, which I'm not saying that the extra work isn't deserved, but let's be real. Who's going to sit down and write? They they suggested like probably like 100 bills over the course of this, probably not 100, but like let's say like 50 bills, you know, so-and-so could write a bill that listed this, that, and this. Write it. Instead of making this website, <laughs> have a team that's writing these bills, have the bills be introduced. They have a space that say take action, you know, and they tell you how to get involved personally. But what I'm really interested in and what I was really frustrated with is I just felt like everything was so vague. Get a team together, write the bills, find people to introduce the bills, and then let's go to work. I don't know. It just seemed to me that their vision for what they had wasn't fully, I don't know, it wasn't just, it wasn't fully done. You know, I appreciated it 
to a certain degree. Same. You know, I think that it was a noble idea. I'm really, really happy to see some of these concepts actually down on paper. But what's really the next step? I saw some things in there, like you said, they could or should a bill. Then I saw some things about federal legislation, but then they talking about bills that should be passed in state houses. Mm -hmm. And unless you're going to have like state chapters of this, or you're going to have partner organizations, if it's Center for Economic Justice or the NAACP or National Action Network or the Urban League, you're really going to have a hard time trying to implement some of these things nationally as well as statewide simultaneously. Right. I think a lot of what I kind of took issue with also was just what you said. A lot of it is nationally based. A lot of the plans that I saw, I would have liked to have seen more plans that people could have implemented on like a local basis because we know that while president obama has supported the militarization of some of these uh, districts or police units definitely has it's not the police departments are kind of operated on a very local level absolutely and so a lot of their corrections or their suggestions or their demands a lot of it went through that executive like branch or even like the executive legislator like they're talking about congress we're not talking the house of delegates in some of their demands which i felt like it's maybe a little too overreaching and i feel like you know hey okay go big or go home but at the same time go big but make it feasible yeah you know i think that part of it could be with this whole idea yes these police departments really do come from you know it is real localized thing you know your city council your town council but these are also you know where are they getting this equipment they're getting it from the federal government right that's true and they're getting the funds something else that you know some things like the president signing an executive order to eradicate all student loan debt in theory it sounds great it sounds great much Will it like, actually mu- happen much like a lot of the things that senator sanders said in theory it sounds great but is it feasible politically? No. I personally, I'd much rather say that the federal government bunny ears here bails out like, you know, that your favorite girl, her name, Sally, last name, May. Oh, I don't know her at all, <laughs> actually. <laughs> you know, um, never met who? <laughs> Sally who? Sally May. <laughs> so maybe if the federal government bails out Sally Mae and buys the debt from them and then forgives some of the debt, that would be an economic stimulus in this country anyway. But we can, that's just a, a, a theory that I have, something that I think that could really stimulate the economy much more than a $600 stimulus check. But nevertheless, <laughs> reparations. Did, <sighs> did you have any thoughts on the reparations piece? Well, I... I thought that what their idea of reparations was, like how they kind of listed it out, specifically that's what they were talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, with the free education. That was kind of like their idea of what reparations should be. One, I just really appreciated just a planned period because I feel like a lot of people when they hear reparations, they're just like blank check. Closed channel. Right. And... You know, if you ever watch the Boondocks episode where they have like... Oh, you watch Boondocks? Yes, I have all of the seasons on DVD. You. 
don't don't get don't come for me (laughs) but anyway there's like an episode where black people get reparations and they just like spend it on like rims and fried chicken (laughs) and it's actually a hilarious episode but i really feel like that's what a lot of people envision when they think of reparations and so them aligning it i guess aligning it to something that was feasible I won't say it's feasible, but lining it to something that was other than like a blank check for black people for all eternity. I really appreciate it. Okay. Now, I'm not certain of this as of today, but Virginia, I'm going to shout out. I'm going to shout out my home state, Virginia. Our home state. The Commonwealth. Thank you. I was here first. By like what? (laughs) Two years? A year? Whatever. Virginia had the first version of contemporary reparations from the civil rights era with the brown scholarship right people that were affected by the closing of the schools have been offered scholarships to to schools within the state um full scholarships now we know there are some issues with that um primarily right now it only works for four-year schools right and the majority of these people are baby boomers, so they are late 50s or, or older. I was going to say old, but my parents wouldn't appreciate that. So, yeah. yes, seasoned yeah. citizens they're are late, on their way to being seasoned. Yeah, they're late 50s or older, and these benefits don't benefit any of their descendants. And hmm. so though that's kind of been the discussion in the General Assembly. How can these Brown scholarships... Um, trickle down for lack of better words to children and grandchildren right there had you know this has worked on a small scale in virginia i know plenty of people that have graduated you know it's amazing to see 60 year old people decide to go back to school oh it is i get really excited Um, i love it when people win no matter their age but how can this work nationally and then you know we're really gonna look at the impact of slavery and having reparations for people that were impacted from with slavery, like you know, I, for for each person that was enslaved, we can say they probably have at least twelve to fifteen descendants today, at minimum. least. So you know, do all of them get that? Well, what I was interested in when you said descendant of slaves, one of the things that they discussed or they talked about is like this will be applied to not only direct descendants, but they also talked about undocumented people of like African heritage. I was just really confused about who decides because we know race is subjective. So I feel like, yes, there are we have issues with documentation in general because documents were destroyed. We don't know who's connected to who. Half of us are probably dating our cousin on the low because we just don't know. <laughs> so many families were split up and put all of it. You be, be careful now. I'm just be, I'm be letting the people know. Get be a blood careful. test before you get married. Anyway, so I just found it really interesting because I was confused as to then who does this apply to and is this connected to descendants of slaves because you know they talked about people who had been incarcerated yeah i get that but then when they threw in the word undocumented then i got confused i'm not saying undocumented people shouldn't be included i just 
can I get an explanation yeah. as are, are to you who talk you about are everyone talking that about? Are from the African diaspora? Right, because then yeah. then we're on a whole nother level. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we could be talking about people that aren't even American citizens. Right, because I mean, or not even that, like you could be talking about white people, like Barack Obama's descendant of slaves through his mother. Yeah. So like, you, you know, I'm, she was white. I'm so happy that you brought him up. And Here we go. <laughs> I... I used to always joke like 2004 through 2008. I used to joke that Obama was probably my uncle because oh my, my grandfather. Now, of course, the years don't add up. But my grandfather was a veteran in World War Two. He actually earned the Purple Heart, Donald J. Trump. You know, he always wanted one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but so he was a he was a veteran in World War Two. And he. You know, it's one of those American love stories. He fell in love with a woman who was French and they had a child. And, you know, I like to find him. So I always used to say that it was Obama, but it, it's not. It's not. Let's not fool ourselves here. You should have saw how quickly his smile just left his face. So if my uncle is listening, I'm coming. I want to find you. How's he supposed to know that he's your uncle? My grandfather's name was James. Oh, here we go. Preacher this is not Ancestry.com. This is Ain't No Free Lunch. Let's keep it moving. So, yeah. Uh, moving on. What do you think about all these people distancing themselves from Trump now? You know, even some people saying, hey, you, you probably should drop out of the race. Especially after his comments about the Second Amendment stopping Clinton's judicial appointments. Like, was that a threat? Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to expect for, from Donald Trump. I really don't care about people distancing himself from him because at this point they created this monster. Like they've allowed him. Like I was listening to Hold NPR. On. Oh, no, no, no. I was listening to NPR and there was, I think it's Senator Collins. I forget. She's either from Massachusetts or Maine, an M state. And she was saying how she couldn't support Donald Trump. And she's a Republican. And right, right, the right. commentator was like, why are you doing this now? Like, you know, he's been problematic because all of her issues were issues that he's had from jump. And I keep hearing people say they're hoping that he's going to change. He's not going to change. Like, that's not coming. But, but that's not happening. Let's be the GOP clear. has created this. But and they're, now they're upset. Let's not, be not clear. Donald Boom. Trump only won Boop. the nomination. Donald Trump didn't have 50 percent. For the majority of the states that he won in the primary. Doesn't matter. He's the, still won. The only reason he won is because they had 17 people seeking a nomination. That's the only reason. It was a numbers game. That's it. If some of those other people had dropped out earlier or had never sought the nomination, Donald Trump would not be their nominee. So, yes, he's a product of their system. He is. You know, the system is rigged. No. What I'm saying <laughs> is, like, you have major players supporting him. And then now when they see that, oh, wait, not he was, he was, I'm not, I'm not talking about presidents. I'm still talking about players though. You got Paul Ryan, you know what I'm saying? He's a major player, whether we want to say it or not. Mitch McConnell, major player. So I feel like at this point, you, it's too late. You've created this monster. I mean, we've got less than what, a hundred days till the next election. Oh, we're on the 90 now. Right. So I don't really care at this point if people are distancing, distancing, distancing themselves from him because honestly, I feel like P 
people are going to vote for him, if they've already decided they're going to vote for him, you saying that you're not going to vote for him at this point, it's a little too late. I mean, cool. Do it. I don't really care. How important are endorsements in 2016? How many people will only vote for Donald Trump because Paul Ryan said, I'm endorsing him? You know, that's one thing I've always wondered about. In local politics, I think that, yes, it probably has a little bit more value. But with presidential politics, how many people say, oh, I'm going to vote for Obama because of Oprah's endorsement? I mean, I t- I'm totally voting for Hillary Clinton because of Tim Kaine. He had he had endorsed her a long, long time ago. Oh, yeah. I don't really care about his endorsement. <laughs> so I guess you're right. So that was the longest so ever. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. So have you been watching the Olympics? Yeah, I have. I'm actually low key watching Dominique Dawes in the 1992 Olympics on my laptop right now. Killing the floor routine. That was Bay back in the day. I, I mean, yeah, 92 she could be Bay because she was 15. But Simone was better. Simone is. I, I said she was. She was Bay back then. I was four. In yeah, that's what I'm saying. That I said it was appropriate in '92. Yeah. <laughs> Simone is better though. Simone is. I was watching. I guess NBC and they were talking about how she is possibly the greatest. And they they qualified it though. They said the greatest American Olympian. But I think after this is all said and done with Olympian or gymnast. Gymnast, excuse okay. me. But I, was say, I think after M- this Mr. is all said, said and oh, all said and done, she will be the greatest gymnast, period. She's phenomenal. She does tricks and stunts that nobody else even attempts to. Like I was watching this other um I guess it was a just an interview of her and she's so cute and she was laughing while she said it but someone asked her about this particular dismount that she does all the time and she goes yeah it's the hardest dismount in the world right now and i'm the only one who does it like she's unstoppable brush your shoulders off If you feeling like a pip, go on, brush your shoulders off. Ladies is pimps too, go on, brush your shoulders off. This crazy baby, don't forget that boy told your kid. Turn up your shoulders. I'm gonna be candid here. I attempted to boycott this Olympics. Attempted. Keyword. Keyword, ladies and gentlemen, attempted. So the foot model had told me a few years ago about like the economic impact of the Olympics. And I was always like what like all these people come to these cities like it has to be a win-win for the localities but after doing some research i stand corrected couple that with it being in brazil there were a lot of issues for me um you know we can kind of talk about brazil a little bit further but long story short in 2009 the olympic committee announced that the 2016 olympics were in rio right which we also had the World Cup there two years ago. So it was like two big things back to back. Right. And they basically when they just they announced this, this was such a huge deal because the 2000, like you said, the 2014 World Cup was coming. And then they also beat out Madrid, Spain, Chicago, Illinois, which President Obama, both him and his wife, Michelle, 
both went to advocate at the IOC but for. Can you imagine the Olympics in Chicago? But that's the thing. Like, that's, <laughs> I, I feel like people are always complaining. I don't know. Chicago, I think Chicago is a very nice place. I've never been there. But we have to realize that most of the occurrences that we hear about are like South Side Chicago. You got the East End, the West yeah, End. I mean, the they're North definitely, side. I almost moved to Chicago right after college. Yeah, I'm sure there are spaces where it could have been held. You had Michael Jordan from the Chicago Bulls, well, representing the Chicago Bulls, who thought that they had it in the bag as Th- well. That's probably why they didn't win. That's not why they didn't win, but what, I'm just saying. What has Michael Jordan won other than basketball championships? Anyway, then they also beat out Tokyo, Japan, and Japan will actually be hosting the 2020 Summer Games. So they they lost out on that last bid. The next Olympics were, were headed to Tokyo, which I'm pretty excited about because if I don't know, did you you didn't watch the opening ceremony? This is when he was attempting. This is when you were attempting to boycott, right? right? Absolutely. So I watched the opening ceremony and. It was good. From what I hear from the announcers, they did it on an extremely tight budget. It was a very minimalist type opening ceremony. Hands down, the best opening ceremony I've ever seen in my life was the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Like their opening ceremony, my dad and I were going bananas. If anybody, if you got YouTube, which you probably do. Oh, if you have YouTube. If you have YouTube. If you have a computer. Exactly what I said. If you got YouTube, the YouTubes. And she's teaching. Go look up. Be quiet. Go look up the 2008 Beijing Olympic opening ceremony. Your mind will be blown. I told y'all, my mind's blown all the time. But this is also the first time the games have been hosted anywhere in South America, which is probably why they won. Because their budget was like out of control. Yeah, this is the first time the Olympics has ever been anywhere in South America. Which I can definitely see the benefit of it, but Brazil. What do you mean Brazil? Brazil is gorgeous. I'm trying to go to Brazil. Brazil minus Zika virus. Brazil is gorgeous. And it's but, the wintertime, so it's kind of cool. But they have a lot of issues in Brazil. They have a lot of issues everywhere. But there are a lot like, of issues in America. I was watching a documentary one time about... They call it the tail of 10 miles. It was like, it's, it's like night and day in Brazil, 10 miles apart. Um, That's America. And the crime and... Oh, I've been seeing people post um, videos of like people being pickpocketed and like yeah. their stuff stolen in broad daylight there yeah. uh, during the, like, the games. People right being now. robbed. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely some issues with it. But there are issues everywhere. But, Let's be real. Yeah. Not Farmville, Virginia. What about the Olympics? Nothing's there? in Farmville, Virginia. Watch your mouth. <clears throat> Let's just but keep it real. I have, even though I was attempting, or I was a little bit against the actual Olympics. I've been watching it I, nonstop. I've always been a fan of my country and the athletes that represent my country. I'm that person. I saw this um, this tweet the other day, and I retweeted it. I don't know who it's by, 
But it was like me 98% of the time. America is like the most racist trash place on earth. Me during the Olympics decked out in like an American flag. I'm totally here for Leslie. Jones is like her commentary that she's been doing on Twitter. They're actually flying her out to the Olympics because her NBC hired her. Yeah. And she's like slay all day. (laughs) And I'm so like that. I was so mad that I like I coach volleyball and I coach in the middle of the day. And that's when gymnastics has, has been. So I've had to like watch reruns of everything because we have practice and I'm coaching and I can't be like, sorry, girls, no practice. Got to go watch the U.S. Olympic gymnastics team, even though deep down in my heart, that's kind of what I want to do. I want to watch it. But I've been watching it every night in the morning. I I watch fencing. I watch, oh, Serena lost and broke my heart. I was real sad. She didn't look, she didn't look healthy at all. I watched rowing. I watch, I watch everything. Taekwondo. I watch archery. I watch that like shoot 'em up thing where they go pull. <laughs> the skeets. Oh, whatever. So let me ask you this question. Are we at a point now with two questions? First of all, did you see what the Italian gymnast said about Simone Biles? I think everybody three years saw ago? that. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, three years ago, world championships, the Italian gymnast basically tried to throw sh- not even basically no they they said she some very shots and they shots re- they said fired. some inappropriate things about simone basically trying to undercut her winning because at the time she was the first black person to win the world championships right and now she's won it three times in but a row they said the only person they said maybe if they had painted their skin black they would have won which is so dumb let because the girl I, shine they were i think fourth and fifth and then simone was first and wasn't gabby like gabby was up there she was like second or third i'm sorry we just be shining so let us live also gabby douglas loved your lip color for the the team like when they did like the team all around competition she had that dark purple flossy so then simone has been dominant dominant like she's not losing anything i do want to have a quick conversation about some people on social media talking about specifically simone and gabby douglas's hair which is so oh my gosh it's so dumb y'all they're chasing gold medals y'all still chasing greasy people with gold teeth (laughs) like watch your mouth that's so rude was rude talking about greasy people go to you. i didn't say all people go to you for greasy i just said they were specifically looking for greasy people with gold teeth but nevertheless they're chasing gold medals who cares about their hair they're killing it yeah i mean it's like i, I even saw one person like quoting beyonce i'm saying oh yeah they should that beyonce told them that they they represent their mama when they come out like these women are sweating and sweating their hair out whatever multiple times a day every single day and this is the thing most of the criticism from what i can see has come from black people we know we have a different texture of hair like come on y'all y'all know what happens when we sweat when our hair gets wet i mean i'm natural it does i can't tell whether or not gabby or simone they might still have perms but they might be natural with their hair getting flat ironed it gets poofy it gets crazy let it die i'm natural too y'all okay nobody cares so yeah, I was really, really disappointed in that. I was it's trifling. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the nicest way I can say it. Like out of everything, not being supportive, you know, I, I don't care. You don't have to be supportive. You know, some people probably aren't that two percent like you. You know, they're saying, 
America's always, you know, Donald Trump's like, America's always the worst country in the world. Oh, yeah. He's always like, <laughs> yeah. make America great again. Yeah. All we do is lose. Clearly not, because who's at the top of the medal count? Trump? But for me, like, I even saw some people. So I've been on Twitter for, for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. But I've seen some people that were complaining about Don Amos' comments a few years back about the Rutgers basketball team in the national championship game mm-hmm. when he called them nappy-headed hoes. That's some rough girls from Rutgers, man. They got tattoos and some hardcore hoes. That's, that's some nappy-headed hoes there. I'm going to tell you that now. <laughs> oh, man. man, that's some ooh. And uh, <clears throat> the girls from Tennessee, they all look cute, you know. So, You know, some of these people wrote blogs about it and like, how dare him say that? But they don't look at the mirror of truth like they're becoming the same person i just feel like we are focused on the wrong things here are two young women who have trained their hearts out who are incredibly dedicated who are competing for the united states of america and gabby's from virginia doing things that like most of us can't even imagine half of us can't even do cartwheels let's be real and you're focused on their hair? And then, like, bring in their age. They're young. Lord no, half the time my hair don't look right. True. And, and I'm older. True. I'm way older than they are. My hair don't look right right now. Because, you know what? I'm grown. I do what I want. True. But, <laughs> see, he's being low-key a <laughs> snake. I don't have time for that. But they're young. Like, I can't tell you what my head was looking like when I was running around 16, 18 years old. We saw pictures. I know. I'm I got a cute face though, so it's cool. <laughs> oh boy. But I just feel like it's just it's not the focus. It's not where it needs to be at all. So right now, like I said before, you know, America's at the top of the medical count. Ca- the me- medical. medical, sorry, <laughs> medal count as per usual. Basically the Hunger Games like it not the Hunger Games. Here we go. The Olympics basically remind me of the Hunger Games on the low. How so? So for anybody who's read The Hunger Games, I love book one and two, not a fan of book three. But anyway, districts one and two within The Hunger Games are the most like economically sound and have scores of people who have like the time and money to commit to training for the games. Basically what we have. So if you for the Olympics, yeah, I mean, so if you look at the medal count of the Olympics every year the superpowers trump the medal count just like in the hunger games like they're always saying districts one and two they're the strongest they're the fastest they're economically sound they have people who are like training for this this is all they do some of them don't even have jobs because all they're doing is prepping for the games so if you look at it check the count at the end and tell me whether or not you can find a non-superpower in the top five countries who's won the most so it's like yeah we're all here we're supposed to be congenial and we're supposed to you know internationalism but at the end of the day like economic disparity based on these that these countries these people are coming the economic disparity that the countries that these people are coming from dramatically impact how well their teams are doing and, or just like individuals are doing. And so it's all about resources. So it's a little bit frustrating sometimes. I do want America to win everything. But at the same time, when I see people from smaller countries, I'm definitely cheering for them too. Oh, so you, you root for the underdog? Oh, I of course I root for the underdog. That's just what I do. 
Oh, and I also just cheer for black and brown people anyway. Also, did you see that black swimmer that was from Team USA? The woman, Simone Manuel. Manuel? Manuel. I didn't. Y'all know I can't pronounce anything. But she killed it. I'm so hyped for her. She killed her semifinal. She's going in with the top. It was the freestyle, the 100 meter freestyle or something like that. Okay. She killed it. I'm ready. I was like, there's a black girl getting in the pool. Go on, girl. Go ahead. You, You probably were talking about her hair. She had a cap on. I was messing. Oh my gosh. Did you see Michael Phelps? Like, yeah, I guess. That's my new meme now. Like, you know, everybody has a crying Jordan. Yeah. Michael Phelps had his game face on. Like, he's the greatest Olympian of all time. Yeah. No, without a doubt. Like, his medal count is kind of disgusting. (laughs) Like, he's completely dominated everything and then like katie ledecky she's coming through on the women's side she's what 19 years old she's not losing anything she lost she i mean she won one of her swimming events by like a full five seconds where do they do that at yeah so let me ask you this question do you think with the rise of things like so for a purpose of disclaimer here i worked for usa baseball in 2008 which was the last year that baseball was in the Olympics. Which is so sad because baseball nor softball is in it. Well, But you can shoot things. Honestly, it's just a schedule. You know, right now in baseball, they're in the middle of pennant races. But the softball but, team, so why you cut the softball? With baseball, other countries were sending their best players. We were just sending minor league players. Okay. So, so we, we weren't sending our best. It's not about us. So, But they started World Baseball Classic, which is essentially like, FIFA. It's not I mean, fun, like the, it's, it's not like FIFA. It's like the World Cup. But it's not as fun. But it's, it's during the spring of the year. But that's what I was kind of asking. Do you think that the Olympics is slowly kind of dying out? And we're going to go more to like these other... No. You don't think so? No. I think like the excitement that surrounds the Olympics is increasing. More and more people watch it. Like you have I think you're going to have other things that people can participate in, but maybe just for particular sports. Like the Olympics itself is such a huge deal. Like countries are fighting tooth and nail to host these things. It's crazy revenue. Like they're bringing in 4 million plus people. But I thought it was crazy revenue, but well, this Olympics, the attendance has been suspect, you know, has been the greatest. Right. Well, because of the Zika virus, people are scared. But it doesn't bring in crazy revenue. Like I was looking at a case study on the the economic impact that the Olympics had in South Africa. And it wasn't crazy revenue. Like, now they have these huge facilities that are now shelters for homeless people or bus hubs, which right. are definitely important things. But, you know, you have these billion dollar facilities that they'll never use again. Well, in the case of Rio, like a lot of people were really upset about it coming back to back because there there's already a huge socioeconomic disparity across the country, which can be argued for a lot of major co- countries. And when I say major, I'm talking like Brazil. A lot of people don't know, but they've surpassed the UK to be to being the having the fifth largest economy in the world. 
the thing that a lot of people were upset about it, but what a lot of people didn't look into is that part of their pitch was that more than half of their Olympic venues were already built when they pitched their like request to host it in 2016. So in 2009, when they had the request, because they've had other things, other events such as like the Pan American Games, they they already had like the facilities. This was them recycling the usage of those facilities, which I thought was like a good way to use it. Like I mean, a lot of people can say the Pan American Games were kind kind of fell through because their their infrastructure was built but, too quickly, but they had time to like fix it. But what about all those people that got evicted? Yeah, that's crazy. It was like, like, like over a hundred thousand. I saw, yeah, I saw some pictures of people like that were intense. And then, of course, there was a story saying, you know, I used to live there, but they I'm homeless. And I guess from my understanding, it's essentially eminent domain in America, but you don't get the money in Brazil. Like they just the government says, I'm going to take. I mean, we barely get the money in America. Like, let's be real. But I don't know. It's crazy. There's no excuse for displacing 100,000 plus people. Like there, I don't understand how you can justify that unless you're like actively buying them a new house and paying all the taxes and it's just free when they get there. Like just straight up, like we're removing you and, and that's obviously not what they did. Like they just were kind of like, hey, y'all got to go deuce deuce. But yeah, I don't I know. know if they gave them the value of the house. No, there. they definitely didn't. There's no way that they did. And um, a lot of people were upset because even with the World Cup, coming they were saying like most people who lived on that land that they've been displaced from are homeless they can't even pay for a ticket and it's uh it's arguably like the most soccer crazed nation in the world the average local income though is 680 dollars so yeah. i don't know it was just kind of out of control yeah. You know, like I had this conversation with a few of my local legislators a few years back and, you know, we can just kind of play it on. Let's just use Richmond, for example. We have Mosby Court. Right. We have a lot of courts. Yeah. But we we just use Mosby. For For those of you who don't know what courts are, they're like projects. Yes. So Mosby Court has rich history, but they have some you know they have history of crime and a number of other things right what if king's dominion said we would like to build a new site at mosby court would you and we're going to employ 500 people but you know we're going to displace these people which some people say this is just what gentrification is you know a developer comes in he's going to promise jobs you can kind of separate some of the crime and this is a win-win you move some of these people out of the city per se what would you do and so that's essentially what the olympics is sometimes these people you are know, they putting them up in better housing Closer to their jobs. Well, if you're in Mosby Court, it's not your house, so you're just renting. So, no, they didn't. And so I wonder if that's what happened in Brazil. I wonder if some of these mm. people, if they didn't even own it. So, like, if you're a landlord. Right. You know. You can do you, whatever yeah, you want yeah, with you your property. Can, you can evict people. You know, you can put them out. You can sell the property. You may be the person that's actually getting the money, but the people themselves aren't, you know. I guess they, I didn't think just, of it that they're way. They're just being displaced. There's a lot of displacement that's gone on. 
it's kind of out of control. And they're saying like the budget that Brazil had was nearly $15 billion. And a lot of people are saying that sh- if you have $15, million, $15 billion, why is this not being spent on social programs, social projects like housing, working with the indigenous people who have been so poorly treated? Although I will say Brazil did in their opening ceremony, they acknowledged slavery, which was crazy. Like they had a whole segment on Why like slavery just because it's not something that you would expect to see in an Olympic opening ceremony. Just like they, they, they featured the, the history of Brazil and a huge portion Even of it. The ugly history. Yeah. A huge portion of it was acknowledgement of slavery, which like blew my mind. I, that was like the last thing that I expected to see in an opening so ceremony is your mind period. Blown every single day. Every single day, all day long. You learn something new. But a lot of people were just saying that the if you have fifteen billion dollars for this, where's the bread for other things that we need? Especially like if, like you said, this is not going to be a revenue generator. So my question to you is, because you know we're about solutions, let me know if you can think of anything. If you are like so diametrically opposed to something like this, what can you do about it? Because I mean, like you can choose to boycott it. Yeah, I, I mean, but it's like you're like one out of like three point yeah, eight million people. Yeah, me were watching it at any. Yeah, time. me boycotting it wasn't like a solution at all. You know, it was just something that I wanted to do. For Much like a lot of people decided to boycott the RNC convention, right, and yeah. not watch it. And yeah, it, it wasn't because I was hoping that I would have some type of impact, right? Like, but I just, I, I'm but just I, I mean, like, I guess a solution could it's be obviously problematic. A solution could be that maybe the Olympics aren't all together. You know, maybe maybe you can have the swimming event at places that can uh, that places that already have facilities and and those things can move. Maybe you can have the basketball games at places that already have those facilities. Like different countries, possibly, yeah. I guess so. I don't know if that'll actually happen because, you know, the whole thing is like they want everybody from all over the world to be together at the same time because otherwise it, there's no point of the Olympics. That's what the world championships for like swimming Facts. and track and field are. I don't know. It's something that I will have to muse over, I guess, because I really don't have an answer to this. So honestly, if anybody who's listening, we love to hear from you guys. If you have suggestions, I mean, the Olympics don't end until August 21st. So there's plenty of time. And then you have 2020, which I'm already excited about. So if you guys have any suggestions, solutions, anything like that, hit us up. Let us know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since we got in a voice memo. So yeah, the, y'all, y'all playing games. This is definitely us soliciting for a voice memo. Right. Because I get the text messages. I get the, the DMs, the inboxes about it. But I'm not. We, we'd like some voice memos. Let's, let's add you in. And I believe next week we're going to be talking about school choice. Unlucky 13, huh? Right. Yeah. I, I'm excited to talk about school choice. You know, I think that we need to do something different. We're not going to talk about it now because we're going to get we're going to give it away. And I promise you guys, if you enjoy listening to us argue, <laughs> you definitely will on episode 13. I mean, I don't think it'll be much to argue about. That's because I'm you're wrong. I'm coming with straight facts. I'm coming with facts, too. What you mean? I, Danielle has an issue with being logical about things. She's oh, pretty, pretty. Okay. 
Okay. She, she told you a few episodes ago. Anyway, that she talks anyway, we're 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 good. Because <laughs> he's about to get my blood pressure up. Thanks for listening, you guys. Did you eat today? I think I did. We're working on it. We're working on it. Okay. I know I'm gonna eat next week. You must be bringing your own food to the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Talk to y'all soon. All right, bye.